welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Welcome to the place where we try to show you how to use the law for yourself, how you can put the law to use to empower yourself, to protect yourself, to protect your family, protect your property, to preserve it and attach it on the way you want. This program is brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trusts, LLC, where the only kind of law we do is prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, advanced medical directives, and we assist people in administering probate, estates, and trust. So give us a call at 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828, and we will be glad to help you uh, set up your affairs or review what you already have um, and make sure that you are, your family are protected and things will go the way you want them to go, okay? Before I get started today, I want to um, make uh, an announcement. I think that uh, what I'd like to do is each, uh, each week include announcements of things that I think will be helpful uh, to my audience. So, for example, this week... Um, Benjamin Crump, some of you may or may not know of attorney Benjamin Crump. He is Trayvon Martin's lawyer. He is uh, the family for Floyd George. He's the family for a lot of families. He's a lawyer for a lot of families uh, around the country. And he is having a virtual Crump Law Camp for high school students. So if you have a high school student who's between the ages of 14 and 19, you must register for this camp by June 30th. Okay, June 30th. Go online, put in Crump Law Camp. Uh, You can call the National Bar Association. It's part of their programs. It's been going on for a couple of years. Each year they do this. Uh, But it teaches high school students what it takes to be a lawyer, uh, okay? Um, the number for the NBA is 202-842-3900, 202-842-3900. So definitely look into that. Um, if you know a high school student, let them know about it, and they can register. I think it's free, uh, but definitely it's something that should be looked into. The other thing that I learned was that there are numerous programs, especially for high school students, especially in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, From high school students in Washington, D.C., Alexandria, and Prince George's County, uh, there is what looks like a really good program. It's a paid program for high school seniors that will introduce them to uh, how to do property management. And that's a very lucrative field. Apparently, there are quite a few of these programs around this area. This particular program, it's paid. Uh, I saw it in the Washington Post today, June 26, okay, in the real estate section on page four. So if you have a high school student, particularly a senior, 
what they're trying to do in this program and in others is to introduce high school students to paying jobs that are a pathway to careers. Um, uh, uh, you get you get to work with. There have been 17 big real estate companies that have signed up who will host a student. You will work in their offices, and it should be the beginning of a career if you decide that that is something that you would like to do. Uh, my own daughter's first job came from a summer job that she had uh, when she finished. In, in her instance, it was finishing college, but her first job out of college was at an advertising firm that she had gone to and worked in during the summer. So definitely encourage your high school uh, uh, students, friends, uh, children of friends, grandchildren, and so on, to look these things up. The one in particular about the property management, this is for uh, students who may or may not go to college. This, the, the real estate one is to try and introduce students to careers where you may not need to go to college, So, so but still make a good living. There are a lot of careers like that. So definitely look into that. Another one I've heard about recently is AmeriCorps. One of my clients works with AmeriCorps, and she was telling me that there's money available. Not only are they paid, but there's money that helps uh, the participants go on to get trading and so forth. And she doesn't see a lot of black students taking advantage of this program. So make sure you tell your children and your grandchildren about these programs and make sure they take advantage of them. Anyway, let's go back to the program. I just want to try and give you announcements of what I think are positive uh, uh, activities that you can use. I try to be very current and useful uh, in my program for my listeners and for their, especially for their children and grandchildren. Today, however, we're going to talk about wills. We're going to talk about what a will is, why it is so terribly important to every adult, okay? But let me start with my usual tagline, which is law is so powerful. It can help you. It can hurt you. It affects everything that you do. What you don't know about the law will hurt you, but what you do know really can help you. That's why it is so important for you to know the law as it applies to you and particularly as it applies to your property, to your money, to your assets. And that's what this program is all about. Each week I'm here on WOLAM over the internet, WOLDC News, LawTalkWithEthelMitchell.com to bring you information that you can use and that's hard to get anywhere else. Uh, I have a very smart young engineer who's helping me to create a podcast. I'll tell you more about that as we get further along. But more and more people are saying to me that they would like to hear programs that you know, once they're gone, it's hard to find the information. So I'm trying to 
put it out there where you can hear it at any time. But as with many things, I need help from especially younger folks that know how to do all this stuff. So I'm trying. But please, I will let you know about these things. While I'm here on the air, I will be available for you to call in and ask your questions. So if you have questions about wills, about trust, about property, about deeds, call now, 1-800-450-7876. 1-800-450-7876. That's the talk radio phone number, W-O-L. It's been in the city for years and years and years. Call now. Make use of it. There are no dumb questions at all. I will do my best to answer your questions and to give you information that's useful. But please remember, what you hear on these programs on the website are for information purposes only. There's no attorney-client relationship established by anything that's said on the program. You really do have to see your own individual lawyer to get these documents done. There are three primary documents that every adult should have. A last will and testament, a power of attorney, and a medical directive. And to repeat that, everyone should have a last will and testament, a power of attorney, and a medical directive. Some people can use a trust. Not everybody needs a trust, but the other three, everybody needs to have. Today, I thought I would concentrate or focus on a will. What's a will? Why they're important? What do they affect? And what do they not affect? And why it is so important that so many people get and have a will. A will is a legal document that distributes your property that you own after your debt. Let me repeat that. A will is a legal document that distributes property that you own after your death. Number one, it does not take effect until you die. That's it. So even if you do a will, you can change it as long as you're in your right mind. And, of course, as long as you're alive. The will does not take effect until you die. So it's very important that the person that you've named, because the will says who's in control. That's one of the things the will says. The will says, I appoint a personal representative in many cases. Sometimes they call it executor to be in charge of my affairs when I die. So it's very important that whoever you name knows where your original last will and testament is. They know where the original last will and testament is, and they can get access to it because they need it in order to enforce what you say. The will only distributes what you have your name on as the owner of the property. So, for example, your name is on your deed. 
I certainly should be, and you should have a copy of your deed, okay? But if your name is on your, if your name is the only name on your deed, let's just, I'm going to be specific here, and then I'm going to branch out. If your name is the only name on your deed, and even if you have a mortgage, okay, and your deed is just a straight deed, it's from whoever you bought it from to you. Doesn't say anything about life estate, doesn't say anything about remainder. It's yours by yourself. You can distribute that property, even if it has a mortgage on it, to who you want by putting it in your will. So let's take Mr. Robert Jones. He is the owner of 145 L Street. I don't know where, you know, in any town, USA. And he wants to make sure that, let's say he is married, but his wife's name is not on the deed. He wants to make sure, and probably the only way he can be sure that his wife gets that property is to have his last will and testament say, when I die, my property is to be distributed to my wife, okay, or my spouse. And many people assume that, especially the wife, is going to get everything. That's not true because when you don't have a will, the law of intestacy takes over. And that law says, Whatever the state says will determine who gets your property. And so if the state says, even when you die, if you have a wife and children, in most states, your children inherit with your wife, which can create major problems for your wife, and I keep saying wife because we always assume that the husband dies first, but that's not necessarily true, okay? But it's very, it's a very difficult, it makes it very difficult for the wife if those children are minors or if they don't get along with her, okay? So we're going to get, we're going to go into more details later on about what happens when you have children that are not the children of your spouse and you don't have a will because those children who are not children of your spouse will inherit with your spouse unless you say differently in your will. Another thing that you have to remember about a will is stepchildren do not automatically inherit from their step-parents under the law. The step-parent has got to do a will in order to make sure that their stepchild inherits from them. Let me repeat that because we have a lot of families, my own family included, where a step-parent has raised stepchildren all their life. In many instances, that's the only parent they know. 
in many instances, they are very close to that parent, that stepchild. That that's the only parent they know. That's the that's the parent. Period. And even when their biological parent dies, they're still close to that step parent. You have got to do a last will and testament in order for that stepchild to inherit. Okay? Now, as with everything in the law, there are some exceptions and there's some, you know, circumstances rare where you don't have no other family. Then in some cases, the law comes back around. You don't have no spouse. You don't have no children. You don't have no brothers. You don't have no sisters. You don't have no parents. You don't have no nieces. You don't have no nephews. Then maybe when you die, your stepchild might be able to inherit. But why take that chance? Why take that chance? Have a lawyer prepare your last will and testament and say, I want my stepchild to inherit. And if you are the stepchild and you're listening to me, or you know of stepchildren and you're listening to me, please, please encourage them to encourage their step-parent to do a last will and testament if they want that stepchild to inherit from them. It's very, very important. There, and there's a lot of that out there. Um, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, uh, sometimes I just hear it in passing and I jump right on it because I can tell from the relationship that that stepchild is considered their child. Okay? And in many instances, the stepparent doesn't have any other children. And so I know, and I'm telling you, and now you know, that the step-parent has got to do a last will and testament that names the stepchild as their beneficiary of their property in your will. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. You can reach me at Wills and Trust LLC. Our telephone number is 240-638-2828, and we'll be glad to do these documents for you. You need a last will and testament, a power of attorney, an advanced medical directive, but you really need a will. Now, before I go on to the other circumstances where a will is necessary, absolutely necessary, in order to accomplish your wishes, let me stop and say a little bit more about a, what a will does not do. Okay, and again, while I'm on the air, while I'm talking right now, Please call in early. Call in at 1-800-450-7876. Radio 1, 1-800-450-7876. And I'll be glad to answer your questions and address your concerns as best I can. Okay? 
for, but only for informational purposes, okay? A will cannot change a deed. In other words, if the deed says to Mr. Jones and his wife as tenants by the entirety, Mr. Jones's will does not change that deed. Instead, as I explained last week, tenancy by the entirety means that whichever one dies first, the other one owns it all. So if Mr. Jones dies first, even if his will says to my child, he no longer owns that property. It is owned by his wife. Let me repeat that again. Mr. Robert Jones and Miss Gladys Jones are husband and wife. The deed says to Mr. Robert Jones and Miss Gladys Jones as tenants by the entirety. Mr. Robert Jones, however, wants his child to get the property. Maybe his wife is sick. Maybe she has dementia. Maybe he realizes that his child is going to always take care of his wife. And so he just wants to make sure that it goes directly to his child. In that case, he's going to have to find a way to change the deed first to just be in his name. And then that way, his deed can control his property. So I repeat, a will, I'm sorry, his will can control his property. Otherwise, the will cannot change a deed. Let me repeat, a will cannot change a deed. So if the deed says one thing, that it's owned by two people and the, 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 you know, it goes to another person, the will is not going to change that. Now, if the deed said Mr. and Mrs. Jones and Mrs. Jones died first and then Mr. Jones died, then his will now controls his deed and it will go the way he says for it to go. Likewise, a will does not change what's on your bank account. So Mr. Jones has a bank account. His bank account says payable on death to Mrs. Jones. His will says, give the money in my bank account to my daughter. Okay, let's say Mr. Ms. Gladys Jones is the daughter. And who did I say? No, Ms. Gladys Jones was the wife. I need to write these things down, okay? And let's say Ms. Beulah Jones is the daughter. So the will could say, you know, that, that Beulah Jones, the daughter, is supposed to get the money. But if the bank account says it goes to someone else, what's on the bank account will govern. Same thing with life insurance. If your life insurance says payable on death to my first wife, for example, because we get those. And in the meantime, that first wife is, is, is deceased, or rather is still alive. Let's keep it simple here. But you really, but your will goes to your second wife. If you have not changed the beneficiary designation on your life insurance policy, your will will not change it. 
okay? Your will will not change it. Your will controls what you own when you die. So if you own your home, it controls it. If you own your bank account and you have nobody else on the bank account or you have nobody else that's payable on death beneficiary, the will will govern. It does not change anything. So that's why it's very important to coordinate when you're working with a lawyer to coordinate what's in your will with what's on your bank account and what's on your beneficiary designations. When you are truly trying to control your assets, I recommend that you say, and let's just for the sake of discussion say, you want your wife to get or your husband to get your assets. I recommend that you say that in your will and you be consistent with that in your title ownership of your documents and your beneficiary designations. But I also recommend that you say who gets it if your spouse dies before you. So my clients will tell you that I'm always asking them who gets your property if, God forbid, your child dies before you or whoever your primary beneficiary is dies before you. Because I like for you to say that, not for the law or for some court or some strange relatives to show up and inherit from you. You say, if, God forbid, the person I intend to get this dies before me, this is who else I want to get my property in that circumstance. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm going to start giving you examples of these kinds of wills and why they're so important. I'm going to talk about aunts and nephews. Talk about nephews and their uncles. Those are very important relationships that I see. A lot of aunts and nephews are very close, okay? A lot of uncles and their nieces are very close. You must have a will in order to make sure that that nephew or that aunt or that niece or that uncle receives your assets when you die. Another set of people that's really important, only children. I have several clients who... Not only are they the only child, their parents were only children, and they might have one child and they may not have any children. That's really important. I'm talking about why it's important to have a will. We just finished talking about grandparents to grandchildren. If you're a grandparent and you want your grandchildren or grandchild to have, and if you want a particular one to have it, you have to say so in a will. If you're an aunt or an uncle and you want your nephew or your niece or nieces to have your property, you have to have a will. You say that. If you have brothers and sisters and you want one particular brother or one particular sister or several of them or all of them, have your will done and say that, but also say what happens if one of them dies before you. So there's no confusion about that. 
Likewise, it's really, really important when you want to benefit friends, non-related persons. And when I say non-related, let's start, I'm categorizing first, non-related couples. And when I say non-related, I mean there is no legally recognized relationship between the two people. And let me say another thing. Do not depend on common law marriage. Do not depend. I'm going to repeat that a couple of times. I've had several people call and say, well, we were together for 30 years, or we were a common law marriage. Do you know how much trouble it takes to prove a common law marriage? It's more than just you lived together for a long time or you were boyfriend and girlfriend for a long time. It's a lot more than that. And many states do not recognize common law marriages. So if your intention is for the person that you consider to be your common law spouse to receive your property, you've got to have a will that says that. And you should have wills that go both ways. Okay, one for each one of you is what I mean. So if you and your long-term boyfriend want each other to inherit, y'all probably didn't put your money together. You probably have worked together and been together for a long time. I know a lot of couples where, you know, the man usually does a lot of repair work and puts a lot of money into the house and so on like that. And for any number of reasons, they don't get married. But it's important, in fact, it's necessary that you do a will to protect your partner, you protect that other person. It's really important. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Give us a call at 240-638-2828, And while I'm on the air, if there is a question, call me. I'm on the air Saturday mornings from 8.30 to 10. Call in. This is Talk Radio at 1-800-450-7876. That's 1-800-450-7876. We're talking about last wills and testaments today. What? Who are the people that must have a will in order to accomplish their purposes? In most instances, to be sure that the person that you want gets your property, you need to have a will. The will does not supersede a deed. If your deed says something different, then the deed is going to control. It overrides the will. Your bank account says something different. So take care of your money. Take care of your money. This is, you work hard for your money, you know? And people get really crazy when it comes about money and somebody dies. So you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, and I'm talking to you about last wills and testaments. If you want your girlfriend or your male friend 
to receive your money, to be able to continue to live in your house after your death. I've had several cases like this. If you want, you've been in a long-term relationship. In many instances, they've lived together for a long time. But for whatever reason, house is in only one person's name. You have got to have a will that says, if that's your intention, that your girlfriend or your guy friend either owns the house after your death or they can continue to live in the house after your death. For a period of time, it can be for their lifetime. It can be for a certain number of years uh, after you die. Because if you don't have that will, or if he or she doesn't have that will after you die, I have seen children change the locks on doors to people who've lived and raised them for 20 years. They, they know, because they went to a lawyer too, and they knew that if their mother or their daddy didn't have a will, they would inherit that property. And, and it's, it's bitter sometimes. It's, I had one lady who literally was evicted by the same children that she raised, more than one, okay, um, because her long-term boyfriend never did a last will and testament. So if you are the person whose name is on the deed, you are the person that has money, <laughs> even if you have children, come to a lawyer and let us work out a way that will protect the one that you want to protect, that will be beneficial to them. And there are any number of ways that we can do that and still protect your children. For example, you might say in your will, I want my girlfriend or my boyfriend to live in my house for the rest of their life. My children and nobody can put them out, okay? But when they die, then the house can be sold or the house belongs to my children. It's called the remainder interest, life estate with the remainder. You might also say, slightly different, is I want my boyfriend or my girlfriend to be able to live in my house. But if they choose to move voluntarily, then the house can be sold and the proceeds distributed among my children and my boyfriend or my girlfriend. Okay? That's another way. You might say, I want my boyfriend or my girlfriend to be able to live in my house after my death. Okay, all this is taking place after your death. But for a certain period of time, I've done that, where even in married couples where you each own property, and if one died, the other one would be able to move back to their own property. If so, in order for it to be done in an orderly fashion, you can say, I give my spouse, if they're married, or I give my girlfriend or my boyfriend a year 
six months, whatever you want, to move from the house. They pay for the expenses of the house while they're living in it. But then the house goes to my children, my whoever you want it to go to. All right? I've also done a will where the daughter, I mean, sorry, a sister wanted her sister to be able to live in the house for their lifetime. And then when that, after the death, and when that sister died, then the house was to be sold and the proceeds divided among the other brothers and sisters. So you see, you, uh, we're talking about last wills and testaments, what you can do, why you should be sure to do a will in, in most circumstances, okay? In most, I say in all circumstances, just to be sure that the person that you want will get your money and will get your assets, your property, etc. And you do this even if there is a mortgage on the property, particularly if there is a mortgage on the property. And you might say, like one man called in and said, but my daughter, I haven't finished paying for the house, but I want my daughter to have it. I think he had two houses when he called in. I was like, okay, that's fine. Do your will. Say that your daughter gets the houses. Even if she can't pay for them, she can sell them and get the equity that you have built up all these years. Maybe she sells one and keeps the other one. If the houses are worth a hundred, two hundred thousand more than the unpaid balance on the mortgage, you've given the house to her. She has the right then to sell it and she gets whatever the benefit is from the sale. If you say so in your will. Okay? So your will is a very, very important document. Um, Many people have good friends, very good friends. And in some instances, these friends have children that they're close to. Many, going back to the couple's situation that I just finished talking about, say you've been boyfriend and girlfriend for years or for good period of time. You haven't married, but you've helped to raise, in some instances, each other's children. Maybe you have children and they have children, and you've raised them together. Remember, stepchildren don't inherit. So if your intention is that the children of your boyfriend or your girlfriend or just your best friend A lot of people are single and they don't have children, okay? But they've helped raise other people's children. They've helped along the way. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've had custody of them. Please understand, though, a lady called in. It was a very good question. She said, suppose I have custody of my grandchildren. Custody does not give them or does not make them your legal children and it does not make them your heir, okay? Custody just says you have a right to have physical control over them while they are minors, but that does not make them your heir. 
So again, if your intention is for your stepchildren, if you're married, for the children of your boyfriend or girlfriend, the children of your best friend. A lot of friends are very close. I've had friends call me and have me do things for the children of their deceased friends. You can do that in your will. You can say X amount of money or my house or whatever you want is to go to the children of my friend, okay, when I die. If they are minors, then you name who would be in charge of their money, preferably in a trust, and you tell them, you tell that person, pay for their college or pay for their educational training, whatever it is, buy them a house or, you know, whatever you want. But you must do that in a legally enforceable way. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And so I'm, de- I'm definitely trying to do my best to get good information to you that you can use. Today we've been concentrating, focusing on last wills and testaments uh, because they're so very important. Uh, we're half through the program, a little over half. And uh, if you have questions, call in now, 1-800-450-7876. 1-800-450-7876. I'm on Saturday morning, Radio 1, W-O-L, uh, AM, 1450 AM, or WOLDCnews.com and Law Talk If you want me to work with you and to do your documents, call me at my law office, Wills and Trust, LLC, 240-638-2828. Two four zero six three eight two eight two eight. So let's let me give some examples. Okay, let's say that Nancy Thomas has a best friend, and that best friend has been a real best friend, as only best friends can be. She has been with her through thick and thin. She's cried with her. She's encouraged her. Maybe this best friend has even loaned her money when she needed it. And let's say that best friend of hers, they, they both struggled and worked, and now they both have homes. They both have a home. Nancy has her home, Nancy Jones, uh, Nancy Thomas, I think I said. And then let's say Miss, uh, 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 who can I say, Kelly Rollins. No, that's a real person. Kelly uh, Matthews. Okay. Uh, These are all made-up people, okay? But they are examples of real people that I I have done work with and that I know and I'm sure you know. So let's say that um, Miss Kelly Matthews has a child, and Miss Nancy Thomas is the godmother of that child. Ms. Thomas doesn't have any children, but she's a godmother of that child. She helps to raise them. Maybe she babysits with the child when she was young. She's, you know, goes to all her plays and stuff. Just really close friends. And 
if I mean, she really loves this child, even though it's not her child, she loves her like it was her own child. And let's say that Miss Thomas does not really want her own immediate family to inherit, maybe from her. She doesn't really want them to have her house. She doesn't want them to have the money that she's made over these many years because she's worked really hard for them, for, for, for what she has. And maybe her family is not, they're just not that close. Maybe they're not responsible. She doesn't think that they will use the money properly. They may misuse it. Um, but she does want to help this child who is bright. She's, she wants, you know, she, she's ambitious. Maybe she's even in high school and she's expressed a desire to become a doctor or become an engineer or whatever she wants to be. And so Miss Nancy Thomas, who's best friend to Miss Kelly Matthews and is godmother to Miss Kelly Matthews' daughter, is the person, that daughter is the person that Nancy Thomas wants to benefit. Think about it. There's no way that her friend will inherit or her daughter's friend will inherit from her unless she has a will. A last will and testament can give your property to whomever you want. And so the last will and testament of Miss Nancy Thomas can say, when I die, whatever I own, my unpaid house, she can name the daughter as the beneficiary on her, her insurance and on her retirement account, okay? Even if she doesn't, the will will govern the insurance and the retirement, not the retirement account necessarily. That's going to go to her family. She's got to name that child on her retirement account. But her life insurance and her bank account, if her will says that this goes to the child of Nancy, of, of uh, Kelly Matthews, and, you know, you name the child. You can even say any children that she has, just as long as you identify them. then she will have benefited those children. But she's got to have it in a will. If she doesn't, it's not going to happen. And I'm seeing more and more groups of men and groups of women who are best friends. They're closest family, if not closer, in many instances. Among men, I see, they've often loaned each other money. Maybe one of them was trying to build a house or one of them was trying to build a business. And they say, hey, man, you want to loan me $1,000 or $5,000 or whatever? I'm short. Or if I had that, I can do this. And so his best friend loans him this money. And he does well with it. Okay? And just for right now, let's just say it's a loan. It's not an investment in a business. But if it is an investment in a business, be sure to get some kind of documentation. If it's a loan, you need a loan document that says 
so-and-so owes me this money so that if so-and-so dies, you can get your money back from his estate, okay, or her estate. I've had that to happen, and that, and some large sums of money. I have one lady that loans somebody, you know, over $50,000, and but she had her note. She had a note from him. Her family knew about it, and her will said, if I die before this is paid, then make sure you get that money, and then this is who is supposed to get that money from my estate. But let's say, let's go back to good friends. Maybe one friend doesn't have any children. They're closer to their good friend than they are to their family. And they want to make sure that their friend gets their money. Okay? They just, they like what they're, they like the friend. They like what they're doing. And they would rather, for whatever reason, that friend inherit from them. You've got to have a will. You have to have a will. A will can say that your desire is for anyone you name to be the beneficiary and to get your money, your property, your home, your assets. That's what a will does. It controls anything that you own. All right? The law is very effective, but you've got to use it. it. The law is very effective, but you have to use it. And when it comes to controlling your property, and I repeat again, even if you haven't paid off your mortgage, you still own your house and you can say in your will, who gets your house? So let me summarize again. If you want your wife or your husband to get your property when you die, at the very least, do a last will and testament that says, when I die, I want my wife to get so-and-so. If you want your husband to get it, I want my husband to get so-and-so. When you are intending to benefit or your desire is to benefit anyone in particular, but, but, but especially certain people who will not benefit under the law without a will, Okay. That's what we've been concentrating on. It has the benefit of directing um, exactly what you want. It, a trust could be even better. There are other benefits of using a will as well. It's definitely better than putting somebody's name on a deed when it comes to taxes. It's very important to understand that. But that's beyond the scope of this particular uh, session, but let me repeat, a last will and testament is only effective once you die. It can be changed as long as you're in your right mind, okay? You can change it. But once it's done and you die with it done, then your property is distributed the way you said. If you want your grandchildren to inherit, you must have a will that says that. If you want your nieces, nephews to inherit, you must have a will. If you want a non-related person, whether there's a romantic relationship between you or not, it can be best friends. It can be girlfriend and boyfriend, girlfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and boyfriend, whatever. 
if there's no, and, and in some instances, even when there is a legal relationship between you, it is wise to have a will that says, this is what I want. In many instances, even when you are married, people don't realize that the spouse may not inherit everything. In many, most instances, they don't, if you haven't said so, either by will or by deed. Do not assume that what you want to have happen will happen if you have not made the proper provisions. So have a lawyer prepare a will that says what you want it to say. If you are uncle, aunt, and nephew, niece, cousins, siblings, friends, um, do a last will and testament. Have a will done. If you want your church to get anything from you, you have to put it in your will. If you want your charity, your your school, your alma mater to receive from you, you must put it in your will. I haven't talked about trust, okay, because that's another way of doing a very similar thing. But I'm just right today focusing primarily on last wills and testaments. You must own the property, and doesn't mean that you don't owe money on it, but have legal title to it to control its disposition. In some instances, even if your name isn't on the property, like air property or something like that, you can say in your will, whatever I own in such and such a place, I want it to go to a particular person. And that way, once your name does get on the deed, the will can be used to distribute it. But um, usually you have to have your name on the title to something before your will will govern it. It does not change a deed. The will does not change a power of attorney. It does not, I'm sorry, forget power of attorney. That's no good. It does not change the payable on death beneficiary designation. doesn't change that. It doesn't change beneficiaries on life insurance policies or anything else. So make sure that you coordinate what your will says with your beneficiary designations. Make sure that they're properly drawn up, properly attested to, that's really important, uh, and properly executed. That is all very, very important. Do not depend on forms that you get in a store. I've had several people bring those forms to me after people die, and it's too late to fix them at that point, okay? This is important stuff. So make sure it's done right and it's done consistent with your wishes. If you want your godchild to get things, put them in your will. If you want to make sure your mother or your father gets your property, you know, children die before their parents, especially in these days. Make sure you do a will that says that. Make sure you do a will before you say that says, if I die before my mother, if I die before my father, if I die before the person who raised me, then I want that person to get my property. And then you can go on to say, but if my mother's already dead, then it goes to whoever you want it to go to. 
if you are an only child, you really need to have a will, okay? Sometimes I had one uh, person that came in. He was the only child. His parents were only children. We had to go all the way back. Thank God he had one aunt, and he was close to that aunt. And we were able to get his property to that aunt. But it could have easily have been somebody else entirely. All he had to do was do a will that said, if I die before my aunt, then she's to get it. If she dies before me, then it goes to somebody else. So give us a call at Wills and Trust LLC. It's all we do. 240-638-2828. 240-638-2828. A last will and testament is one of the most important documents you will ever sign in your life. It really is. It creates your legacy. It creates your legacy. And it's the only way to protect those that you love. Stepchildren, godchildren, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, all of these are precious people, you know, friends. And I haven't even gotten into talking about churches and charities and HBCUs and alma maters. You can all you can benefit all of them in this one document, a document that says, when I die, this is who's going to benefit from what I have accumulated, okay? It's, is it, it isn't done in a vacuum, so you need your will and you need the beneficiary designations and all like that looked at and written documentation on those things as well. But the will is critical. The last will and testament is critical. It is one of the most important documents you can sign. You can always change it, but you should do it. Even if, in, even if you're in your 40s, you need to have a last will and testament because you got something. Okay? And there's no need in letting it go to waste. There's no need in letting it go where people are just going to waste what you work so hard for, fighting about it, having lawyers all over the place, having court fees and taxes and all kinds of stuff because you didn't do this one important act. So get your will done. Get it done by a professional. Make sure it's executed properly. Make sure you have... Either you have your original will or the person who's going to manage it for you has, has the original last will and testament or knows where the original last will and testament is. If you change your mind, if you want to make a change, say so in a new document, okay? You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Please do know that we will continue this conversation about other important things in the law. So please keep up with Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Meantime, stay safe and take care. <laughs>